every day we pray, you know, Lord, let it be today that we find her in. You know, that is our prayer. That is our prayer when we, all throughout the day and at night, you know, it's just our constant prayer. Yes, ma'am. And what all would you like for everybody to know about Kaylana? Kaylana is the sweetest, kindest girl. And I know people say that about their loved one, but she truly is just such a unique girl. She loves everyone. I've I've never seen her be mean to anybody. Uh, she I had taken her to lunch and we had gone back to her apartment and there was a little homeless man standing outside and he was still wearing a hospital gown and he still had the hospital band on his arm and he had poop running down the back of him and when we got out of the car Kailana walked up to him and she's asking him are you okay you know what do you need and he said I need help And she said, hold on. So she went in and she came out with bottles of water and crackers for him. And she was trying to help him. And you could tell that this little man had just got out of the hospital, that literally they had put him out on the street. And she began to tell him, there's a place where you can go and they will let you take a shower and they will give you clothes. And she knows about this place because she volunteered there. And it's a place in Beaumont called Henry's Place. And it was about two blocks from where Kay lived. And so she made sure to give him really good directions and to to send him off with food and water. You know, a lot of young girls would have, if they had seen that, they would have stayed in the car. They wouldn't have approached. They wouldn't have tried to help. But Kaylana wanted to help on their apartment. They had put a little mailbox on the outside of their house so that the homeless people in their area could put their cell phones in there. And Kailana would take the cell phones and charge them and then put them back in the mailbox for them to pick up. That's so so incredibly kind, you know? Yes. She just, she tries to help everybody. She, she loves people at the, the little place at Henry's place she noticed that they had like a little corner and a bookshelf and with nothing on it and she said can I can I do a free library for the homeless people so that they can have books to read and of course nobody tells her no when she wants to do something (laughs) right so um she called us and we put a message out to the church and the book started coming in and so she she started that just she loved to read and she knew that other people would enjoy reading and she wanted to make that available to them. I'm sorry. My, my, I thought we got disconnected. No, but uh, we didn't. Um, So um, the book started coming in was the last thing I heard. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. So um, our church started bringing books. People started bringing her books. So, she was able to set up that little area with free books. She loves music. She plays multiple instruments. 
I was going to say, when I was um, doing some research for this case, I saw that she was a musician. So what kind of music? Um, she actually writes her own songs and performs them. She She's done so many performances here in the Beaumont area. Okay. But she, um, it's kind of indie, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what kind of instrument does she play? Oh, she, she plays uh, guitar, piano. She just got one of those, um, can't remember what it's called it's the the machine that's like woo theremin she just got one of those and was learning how to to manipulate <laughs> that to make sounds and everything and so she'd been working with that anything uh, my husband is a musician and so she has been exposed to we have banjos we have violins we have uh ukuleles we have okay start a couple of days before that on March okay. the 8th. March 8th, on March, okay. Okay, on March the 8th, she went to stay with her friend Brittany. Brittany was working on a project and she needed help and Kaylana always would help anytime Brittany needed help and vice versa. If Kaylana needed help, Brittany was always there for Kay. But she was working on a project and so Kay had gone out to Brittany's house out in Silsby and Brittany realized that there was something wrong with Kay. And she said, are you okay? And Kay said, I haven't slept in a few days, in a couple of days. And she said that the doctor had changed her medication and she was not sleeping and she was having a lot of trouble with it. And Brittany said, you need to call that doctor and let him know. Well, earlier she had been having problems with the medication and Brittany had said, you know, call the doctor. And so at that time she probably needed to not be on that medication, but instead of them saying, Oh, you know, this medication is not working for you. The doctor doubled down on the dosage of this medication. So on January the 17th, they gave her a prescription of 20 milligrams of Ridlin and 50 milligrams of Zoloft. Okay. So by February the 20th, the doctor had upped her dosage and it was still the 20 milligrams of Ridlin, but he doubled her dosage of the Zoloft to a hundred milligrams. So okay. she told him with the 50 milligrams, she wasn't doing good. Right. But he just told her, keep taking it. It'll, it'll start working. And so what we, what we understand with medicine is that it takes it two weeks to get to, to full strength. Yes. And so um, that would have been the eighth. That exactly. would have been um, the two weeks. So, gotcha. because um, that would have been 16 days right? from the time of getting that medicine. So that would have been 16 days. And she hadn't been sleeping for two days, which would have been the 14 days. 
of being on this medicine. And so um, that night, Brittany went to bed. She had to be at work the next morning. So she gets up the next morning and Kay's bedroom door was closed. So Brittany knocked and Kay didn't answer. And so Brittany was like, okay, good. She's sleeping. Right. And um, Brittany went on and went to work. Okay. So, um, can I ask, did Brittany or Kaylana maybe potentially took something to help her sleep? Like maybe a Benadryl or anything like that? Or did Brittany know that? No. Um, Kaylana has a heart condition and she has severe asthma. And our family has a terrible reaction to medication. So we really, we really don't like to take medication and we have to be monitored very carefully when they give us medication. Um, Just an example of that. um, During COVID, my neurologist had given me a medication and it ended up causing me to have a stroke, which was not one of the symptoms of this medication. But that is how my body reacted to it because it was not a medicine I could be on. So, um, Kaylana was very careful. And so I think that she was trusting this doctor that he knew what he was doing. And when I was taking the medication that caused me to have the stroke, I had called the doctor to tell him and they had told me the same thing. Oh, well, you just, your body is getting used to taking it. And it ended up, no, my body was in revolt. And um, so Kaylana's body was in revolt of this medication. It was dangerous for her to be on this medication. We found out later. So anyway, that morning of the ninth, Brittany got up, went to work. And she got home from work and Kaylana was gone. And, and so she started trying to call Kay okay. and couldn't. You know time she got home from work? So uh, Brittany got home from work probably about five o'clock and Kay wasn't home. Okay. Wasn't, wasn't at Brittany's house. And so Brittany started trying to call her. And couldn't get a hold of her. Well, then Brittany got a text from Kaylana that said, no help. Okay. And so then Brittany frantically started to get trying to get a hold of Kaylana because she didn't know, you know, what was going on. And um, finally, Kay called her back or, or either Brittany either got through to her or Kay called her back. I'm not sure. I need to probably clarify that with Brittany. But. Brittany said, you texted me, no help. And Kay said, I'm okay. I'm just driving around. Okay. And Brittany, Brittany said, she said, my phone is dying. And Brittany said, write down my number, you know, write down my number. And so the phone went dead. Okay. And so Brittany immediately called Kaylana's boyfriend, James, and said, hey, can you go? look for Kay. She said she's driving around. And so James immediately went and got in his car and he drove around till two o'clock in the morning on. So like driving around from the ninth to the 10th, the morning of the 10th, 
till two o'clock in the morning looking for her, driving to all the places, the places that she plays music, the friend driving by friends' houses, driving looking for Kaolana. Gotcha. And cannot find her. And then he just assumes, well, maybe Kay went back. He had to be at work the next morning at six. And so he went back home thinking right. that she would maybe either come to stay with us or went to stay at Laren's or, you know, had made it back to Brittany's and nobody called him. So meantime, Brittany had couldn't find her. She kept trying. So the next morning, the morning of the 10th, between about 930 and 10, I get a phone call from Brittany and Brittany is panicked. And Brittany never panics. I've never, all the stuff that they've done, they've, they've worked on so many group projects together and stuff where they've had to get things together. I've never seen Brittany panic. And Brittany okay. called me in a panic saying, I can't find Kaolana. There is something seriously wrong with her. She said, and she told me about Kay not being able to sleep and everything. And that Kay had said that she was just driving around and James couldn't find her. And so I said, okay, let me get off. And so I do childcare in my home. So I called the family that I do childcare for and they came and got the babies. And so by 10 o'clock I'm headed towards Beaumont. Well, meantime, I had called my husband and um, said, you know, Kay, something's up with Kay. And he thought, he said, maybe she decided to go to Austin because South by Southwest starts this weekend. And I was like, okay. And so last, last year she went to South by Southwest and somehow or another, she talked her way into Willie Nelson's VIP party. She talked her way into several different <laughs> VIP parties and she had a great time at South by Southwest and it was starting that weekend. So I called Brittany back and I said, hey, Mr. Robbie said to check with y'all's friend in Austin and see if maybe she decided to go to Austin for South by Southwest. So I'm headed to Beaumont to just drive around and look for Kaolana. And Brittany is calling their friend in Austin. So I'm already in Beaumont. Brittany calls me back and said, he said that Kaolana called him last night and told him she was in Hockley, Texas. And her battery on her phone was only at 3%. And she said he told her to take down his number. Okay. And um, kids, you know, young people do not know phone numbers. Because oh, <laughs> they hand their phone off. They hand their phone off to somebody. And that person puts the phone number in there. And they never, ever see the number. They just push that person's name to call them. Yes, ma'am. um so Kay knows nobody's phone number. Correct. So um, at that point, I head to my husband's work and I'm telling him what's going on. So he takes off work and we head towards Hockley, Texas. Now, I've never been to Hockley, Texas. I had no idea where Hockley, Texas is, but you can put anything in Google and it will take you there. Yes. And so I had Googled how to get to Hockley, Texas uh, Brittany said, I'm going to follow missing persons report in Hardin, in Hardin County. And they've told me that I have to be at my house to follow it. So 
Brittany was on her way to her house to file a missing persons report in Hardin County. We're on our way to Hockley, Texas, and I call. I called Kaylana's friend because by then Brittany had given me his number. I called him and he said, um, I talked to the Harris County Sheriff's Department and they said they're looking for Kay. None of that made sense. That was like the most bizarre thing I'd ever heard, you know. Right. And so um, I don't want any of the I, what I'm the County Sheriff's Department was looking for Kaylana. Didn't make sense to us, you know, and I right. thought. That just doesn't sound right. So um, I called the Austin Police Department to get them to go to his house to do a well check, thinking maybe she'd made it to where he lived at and just didn't know the apartment number because he'd moved into a new apartment. So um, while they're on the way, by this time, James has taken off work and headed back to their apartment to be to send us everything he can get his hands on. So he's sending us pictures. He's sending us Kaylana's uh, car information. He's sending us everything he can get his hands on. And right. I'm sending all of that to the Austin police officer that I'm dealing with. And she's giving me like real time updates of how far she is from the friend's house and everything. So by the time we had made it, to Hockley, Texas, we had just got to Hockley and the police officer calls me, the Austin police department police officer calls me and says, what he said is true. Harris County is looking for her. They had a helicopter and a dog and they were trying to find her. At this point we are in shock. And the, the lady, she's so nice. And she, she says, good luck and hangs up. So I immediately get on the phone to call the Harris County Sheriff's department. And it's a long time. It takes a long time to get through their phone system and you're waiting. And finally, when I, when an officer calls me back and one of, you know, I tell him who I am. And the first question out of his mouth is, is your daughter homeless? And I said, no, sir, she is not. And he said, well, she's a drug addict, right? And I said, no, sir, she is not. And he said, well, her car was full of bags of clothes. And I said, yes, sir. She has a vintage clothing business and she had rented a house. And the first night she stayed there, there were bed bugs. And so right. she spent six weeks fighting bed bugs and she had finally eradicated those. And she'd taken all her clothes to the laundromat to wash them. And so that is why the clothes were in her car. And he said, Oh, and he said, so she's not homeless. I said, no, sir, she is not homeless and she does not do drugs. And he said, Oh, and he said, well, she's in a lot of trouble and she's going to go to jail for a long time. And I'm like, what in the world happened? And he said, well, she damaged some, she damaged property and at this point i'm thinking she must have run through somebody's house the way this man is treating me you know that she must have run through their house and and he said and she attempted to run over a police officer none of that made sense because kaylana her has two uncles two great uncles that are in law enforcement 
You know, right. she's grown up. Our church, she has lots of friends that are police officers. There is no reason for her to have reacted in any way to a police officer except positively. Right. You know, there would have been no reason. So we, when we asked them to meet us, they just gave us the address of where the incident had taken place. Nobody came to meet us. They just sent us out there. So when we got to the address, we went to the house and the homeowner was outside and we let him know who we were and um, we're talking to him and the police had told us in the phone call that um, they had impounded Kaylana's car, that they had her car and it was impounded because she had run from the police. And so that is what we thought when we got to the address that they gave us of where this happened at. So we're talking to the, the man and he says, he tells us, you know, that her car was bogged down out there in the woods. And he asked if my husband wanted to go and see it. And my husband's like, yes, I, I want to go. And so uh, the lady of the house came out and began to talk to me and she was telling me that they had a problem in their neighborhood, that they had an Airbnb that was next door and that they were trying to uh, get rid of that Airbnb, but that um, my daughter was there um, that, uh, that, she had woke up that morning and it was about five 30 in the morning. And she realized that there was a car in her driveway. And right. so she went out and she was unable to wake Kaylana up. So she called the homeowners association president because they, you know, they, this was proof that that Airbnb had caused problems. Um, so she called them and then she called the police or vice versa, one or the other, but she called the, you know, the homeowners association board. Right. And so somehow or another, they got Kay to wake up. And the lady said that, uh, she thought, I guess someone was behind Kay. And the lady said, I thought she was going to hit my car, but she pulled up and then she backed away from my car. And she said, and I thought she was going to hit our pump house. And she backed away from the pump house and she ended up driving across their yard to get back down to the road. And when she got back down to the road, um, the homeowners association president had blocked the cul-de-sac where she would have needed to get out. He had parked his car there to block the cul-de-sac to trap her. And okay. um, so she's in her car and the homeowners association president begins to snap pictures of her. Now you have a lady that is in a mental crisis. She is having right. some kind of mental crisis. And because of these pictures and we've seen these pictures and we have these mm -hmm. pictures because of these pictures, we know that not only was she in the mental middle of having a mental breakdown? She was in the middle of a cardiac event. Her lips right. and these pictures are completely blue, which meant that she was getting no oxygen, that she right. was suffering a cardiac event. And they're snapping pictures of her. And so uh, she 
backs her car up and all the houses, it's a gated community. It's a very wealthy neighborhood. And so the only house that didn't have a gate was the house where she was at originally. So she pulled back in that driveway and she's sitting there when the police come and the police come up on the side of her vehicle and they try to get in. And they told us that Kaylana was frantically locking her car door like over and over and over again. And so she moved her car and she was sitting against a fence up against the fence and the police officer picked up a two by four and busted out her driver's side window. You have a woman that is in a medical crisis and he picked up a two by four and busted out her window because they profiled her. They saw her as a homeless drug addict. Right. And they told the lady of the house that when the lady said, why would she run? The police officer said, well, she's a homeless drug addict with warrants. None of that was true. They hadn't even run her license plate. They had no idea who she was. No right. idea. And so she drove her car down the alleyway into the next door neighbor's yard. He said he had an outbuilding. And he said she went around his outbuilding. He said, I don't know how she missed it, but she didn't hit his outbuilding. And then out through his barbed wire fence, he had a barbed wire fence and drove her car across a pasture and went through another um, into the woods where she bogged her car down. Okay. Okay. So my husband and the homeowner, um, had walked down to where Kaylana's car is and I'm at the house talking to the lady and she's telling me that the people that were in the Airbnb were selling drugs and that my daughter was there to buy drugs from these people in the Airbnb. And I said, no, ma'am, that is not true. And she said, the police said that she is a homeless drug addict with warrants. And I said, no, ma'am, that is not true. And she said, you don't know your daughter. And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And that is not true. And um, she was adamant. She was adamant. And um, so um, I look up and I see my husband and the man walking back towards me and my husband is carrying Kaylana's purse and Kaylana's overnight bag. And when he okay. gets to me, when he gets to me, I realize that Kaylana's shoes are in the bag. And he said, I found her shoes. They were full of glass. He said, I dumped the glass out of them. He said, I went across the log, across the creek. She crossed Spring Creek. And he said, I found her bare footprints on the other side. So, um, the lady had been telling me that they had searched for Kaylana with a helicopter and a dog and didn't find her, but that they thought she'd come out on the other side of, uh, the road in Montgomery County and, or, um, on another road. And so she had texted me the address of where that was. And so, um, 
we're still trying to wrap our brains around this. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, I've, I'm trying to tell the lady, I'm like, Kay has rented Airbnbs and maybe she had rented the Airbnb too. Maybe it had like several rooms in it. I don't, I don't know. You know, we're just trying to figure out what's going on. We have no idea what's going on. And um, so, but this lady is adamant that these people are selling drugs. And um, so me and my husband get back in our van and we head to the other side of the road, which is on, uh, Decker Prairie Rose Hill Road, and that is in Montgomery County. And so we get to the lady's house, and she was wonderful. And I am not dressed to be doing a search in the woods. I mean, down here is called the Big Thicket, and the woods are it's all thick bramble and stuff. And so the lady allows us to get out and search her property. So okay. I'm literally crawling through these this grandma and my husband and we're screaming Kaylana's name at the top of our lungs and we're dragging ourselves through this bramble and getting all cut up and just the lady was helping us and she was screaming Kaylana's name and she let us search all of her outbuildings her barn everything we were able to search all of her property okay. and um well our pastor had pastored a church in the Houston area before he came to our church and he had called one of the members of his church was a member of Texas Equisearch. So he had called him and said, Hey, we've got a family and this is what's going on. So that man from Texas Equisearch, his name is Mark. And he called my husband and we're talking to him and we're telling him what's going on. And he says, y'all have to file a missing persons report. Now, we had just received a phone call from Harris, uh, from Hardin County telling us that they had canceled the missing persons report that Brittany had filed because Carolina had been cited in Harris County. We found out later that they were not supposed to do that because the police, nobody ever talked to Carolina. They did not right. talk to her. So right. that shouldn't have been canceled, but it was. And so... Once again, I'm on the phone. I'm calling Harris County, and um, they say that we have to go back to the house where she went missing at. Okay. So we drive back over there. I text the lady and just let her know we're going to be out in front of your house. We're not going to bother y'all. We just want you to know that we're going to be out on the street waiting on the police to come so that we can file this missing persons report. So by this time... Kaylana's best friend, Brittany, and her husband are headed towards us, and we're standing out there on the street, you know, just waiting, and the people in the neighborhood start coming out to talk to us and to tell right. us what they saw and what happened that morning, and so I'm introducing myself to people, and I walk up to a man, and I say, hi, my name is Rosa Calhoun, and I'm, and before I could even get Kaylana's name out, he said, I Googled her lovely daughter. I think there's been a horrible mistake. Right. Within hours of this happening, he knew that there had been a horrible mistake. Right. And so um, we're talking to people. And as we're talking to people, we're hearing stuff. So we...
Miss Rosa. Miss Rosa. Come on. So um, we're talking to the people in the neighborhood and the man that Kaylana had went around his outbuilding and out through his fence mm -hmm. um, had uh, said that they had to urge the police to go after her. He said Kaylana was never doing more than three or four miles an hour. And he said they they were urging the police and the police were like, well, where's she going to go? You know, and they had to make them follow the car. Oh and um, when they got down to one of the fences, the guy's like, well, I don't, well, I don't think we can go any far. And um, the man said, you're chasing somebody. You have authority. You're the police. You have authority to go. Right. And so um, they went ahead and walked down to the car and um, we have video where they allowed a couple of the neighbors to walk down there with them. And we have video of them holding a gun on Kaylana's car. And I believe had she been in that car, he would have shot her that day. I believe that. Okay. And um, then he pivots around and swings the gun out towards the woods. I don't know why. And they claimed they thought she had a shotgun. Kaylana's never even shot a gun in her life. And the only thing in her car that they could have possibly thought was a shotgun was a charcuterie board. Yeah. That that, they don't to display, yeah. yeah. To display <laughs> her jewelry on. Right. So, um, so instead of going into the woods, now Kaylana is barefoot because they found her phone. They know she doesn't have her phone. They know her purse. They know all her stuff is in her car. They found her phone on the ground and they see her shoes. So they know she's barefooted. She's wearing a long, hot pink dress. Right. A long, hot pink dress. And she's barefoot in a dense woods. Right. And they didn't go after her. Right. And they knew that she had crossed the Spring Creek, which meant that she was in Montgomery County. Um, they should have called Montgomery County and said, hey, we have somebody that's uh, uh, running from us. We need y'all to get on the other side and look for her. They did not right. do that. They did not call Montgomery County for three hours. Three hours. Right. Okay. So, um, they they wait. It took more than 45 minutes for the helicopter and the dog to get there. You know, imagine a girl that is scared out of her mind. Somebody has been snapping pictures of her attempting to get in her vehicle, smashed her window out, and she is running for her life Ms. through the brown in the woods. Yes. I hate to ask this, but do you know if Kaylana could have possibly suffered any injuries from that two by four to the window? Was it her driver's side window? It was her driver's side window. And my concern was that they hit her with that two by four when they busted that window out. But we don't know. We don't know don't that know. because they refused to let us see the body cam 
video. And um, so that's a real concern for me. That's a real concern for me. Is that, you know, did they blind her when the glass shattered? You know, I don't know. Right. All I know is that she was running for her life. Right. At that point. And we didn't know that they had busted her window out with a two by four. I thought they had used like one of those hole punches, which would have meant that the glass would have just slid straight down. Right. But they used a two by four. And the only reason we know that is because they put that in their police report, in their official report. They say that they busted the window out with a two by four. Can you imagine that? and busted out her window so um so finally the police officer gets there to do the missing persons report and by then we've seen the picture of her and i'm telling people that she you know she has a heart condition and she has asthma and it looks like that she was in the middle of a cardiac event not only having you know and of course it's just unbelievable so we're trying to talk to the police officer we're following the police report because we have Kaylana's purse we have her medication and we know what the medicine is we're giving them the name of her doctor we're giving them the name of everything and the whole time we're talking to him he's telling us that Kaylana is going to jail for a long time she's going to jail for a long time that she is in a lot of trouble. And I'm like, how is this possible? She never even had a parking ticket before this day. Right. She's never even done anything. How is this possible? Right. Now, as a family, um, we've passed out more than 25,000 flyers looking for her. We have done everything we can to... Um, find her and um we have been hindered the um we had equisearch come out that the the saturday morning after kaylon went missing and they told us um mark said that they would have a very small window because once they put those warrants in effect they put um three felony warrants on her and two misdemeanors on a girl that's never had anything Right. And so that morning of the Saturday morning after she went missing, we were out there at seven in the morning to meet Texas Equisearch. And they had a small team in, um, with dogs and they did what they call mowing the lawn. And they they walked those woods and searched and didn't find anything and they thought that she possibly had made it to Decker Prairie Road Hill Road too. But gotcha. we have been on that road. We have been on that road for hundreds of hours since this started. And we have walked every single neighborhood out there and pass out large. And we have stood at the stop sign at Co Loop and Decker Prairie Rose Hill Road and passed out thousands of flyers. And nobody saw her. It was in the morning when people would have been traveling to work. There are thousands of cars on that road. We saw that when we were out there, how many cars were on that road. And nobody saw her. A girl in a long, hot pink dress that had to be running for her life. 
Right. You know, nobody saw her. Right. And we know because we've been out there so much that it would have took a miracle for a police officer from Montgomery County to be on that road because all the time that we've been out there, do you know how many police cars we've seen? Zero. Zero. We've only seen two ambulances. Okay. That is it. The only way there would have been a police officer on that road would have been had they called and told them. And we have actually talked to the officer that took the call that morning and went. And he said it was three hours before they came. Why would you do that? I have no idea. And part of it, and I believe this is because they were going to have some fun that morning. They were going to do a little manhunt. They had a helicopter. They had a dog. And it was a girl who was barefooted in those woods. And it was going to be fun. And we actually have video of those cops <laughs> while they're supposed to be searching for her. Where it's a dangerous fugitive. And they're out there laughing and carrying on. Right. You know, no seriousness about them at all. Right. You know. And... um. They let her walk away. They let a girl in a mental crisis, having a cardiac event, who has severe asthma, they let her walk away. And they did not spend any time out there searching for her. They were out there for less than two hours searching for her. Now, this is somebody that they were accusing of attempted murder of a police officer. Right. And they uh, yeah. let her walk away. Right. And they just said, if we see her, we'll arrest her. Anytime we would talk to somebody, the police, that's what they would tell us. And I would say, please, please don't taste her. Please don't hurt her. She has a heart condition. If you taste her, she will die. And they said, we will do what we have to do to apprehend her. You know? Yeah, except for look for her. Um, 